largest atom smasher set a new record this morning. The collider near Geneva, Switzerland, crashed two proton beams into each other at three times more force than ever before. Time is actually slower up there in outer space right. than on the Earth, and the Pentagon cannot find it. We look out in the universe, and 85% of all the gravity that's out there has some mysterious unknown source. We add up all the stars, the galaxies, the planets, the comets, the black holes, the dark clouds, everything out there that we can see, touch, smell, or taste. And it doesn't add up to give us the gravity that we see operating in this universe. So Time travel, the God particle, and the spirit world. Is there a connection? Is there a connection with science? And most importantly, is there a connection with the Bible? On this episode of The Soul Trap, we discuss some very weird science. We're glad to have you joining in and we are excited to have Andrew with us. He's been a longtime listener of The Soul Trap and he has been a follower of our ministry and we're excited to be able to have him. He is a graduate of Sam Houston State University with a major in physics and a minor in math. He is currently working on his master's degree and he is pursuing physics, mathematics. He's going to be going all the way through to get his PhD. He's doing a lot of other studies, some stuff I don't even know what it is and some stuff I can't pronounce. Needless to say, he is a genius, but he has a mad flair about him because he likes the Soul Trap. And he has been a help to us here at the Soul Trap on several occasions. Uh, we've been able to call him, to bounce ideas off of him, to ask him questions, because ultimately and fundamentally, we have always said that the spirit world is not about a bunch of teenagers dancing around a bonfire somewhere out in an open field. The spirit world has a really profound direct connection with religion, and in our case, and for our purposes today, with technology. And many times when you hear people speaking about the edges of science and technology, they almost sound spiritual. And there is a reason for that. So we thought we'd take uh, some time today and just spend some time talking with Andrew and picking his brain about technical questions and finding out where it leads us. Andrew, thank you for being with us. Thank you for We're glad me. to have you be a part of uh, the Soul Trap. Tell us really, really briefly how you first came across the Soul Trap and what you thought of it when you first started listening to it. Yeah, so my father actually uh, was the one who introduced me. Um, he, he was, he's a huge fan of people like Alex Jones, Rush Limbaugh, all these people, and he stumbled upon your podcast on uh, Apple when uh, back in 2014, so I was about a sophomore in high school, so that's when I first started listening to The Soul Trap, and I listened to The Soul Trap with my dad all throughout high school, and it continued into college, and I just continued to, to listen to it. I love the show. Uh, I enjoy where it's gone, how much it's grown. It's such an amazing and interesting show, and it really gets you to think and it really you yeah know, you really you really think it kind of gives you the spooks a little bit but it's, <laughs> but it's, a fun, it's, it's really fun it really is now tell me uh, just a little bit about uh, your studies as far as physics and then moving forward 
your degree is in physics with a minor in math. You're moving forward. Mm -hmm. Tell me about what the future studies are in your master's and the track that you're mm -hmm. on with that. So I actually was accepted into the master's program at my school currently, uh, my alma mater. So I'm actually be getting that uh, January 13th. So that's, that's exciting. I'm a little nervous, but excited. Um, my master's, you know, again, will be in mathematics. Uh, I chose that route because uh, mathematics is, a, is very different um, than, you know, just science. Mm. You know, math is a language. Mm. Math is uh, a language that, you know, is even of itself, we, we you know, scientists, uh, mathematicians discuss whether we created it or we've discovered it. Mm. And so math is very different. And so I chose to focus on math to build better tools um, to help me in my PhD coursework. Um, I would like to focus on mathematical physics um, or um, experimental physics, uh -huh. um, something that's observational, more applied uh, than, than your pure theoretical stuff that, that um, people like Albert Einstein would do or yeah. Stephen Hawking would do. Yeah. My area would be more hands-on, creating the experiment and actually looking for something and designing the experiment and publishing a paper over that. Okay, so let's start there and let's dive in and we're just gonna spend some time. And what I wanna do is take his technical expertise and I think we can tie that into the paranormal world, into the spiritual world. And I think you're gonna see that there are some interesting parallels. And at the end of the day, what I think you're gonna see is that the Bible is really cutting edge as far as science has gone. Uh, they're only now catching up to the Bible. And you talked early on about uh, math, whether it was invented or discovered, mm -hmm. and then you talked about the difference between applied versus mm -hmm. theoretical. Yes. We were talking before the, before the show about Tesla and how that he had made mention, mm -hmm. how that he was concerned that scientists were going to be able to use math mm -hmm. to prove falsities rather than using empirical mm -hmm. scientific data and experiments because you could use math almost as a language, like you said, to come up with anything. And he had that little formula where he was able to use a mathematical formula mm -hmm. to make F equal E or full equal empty, which is an absurdity, it's mm -hmm. an anomaly. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the difference between uh, what, what you would see as far as modern mathematics mm -hmm. and physics mm -hmm. versus the old school and, and, and the difference between that applied versus yeah. the theoretical. Yeah, so math, uh, so one of the many courses that you would have to take even as a physics student is your math thought courses. So that focuses on your math proofs. And so we use logical reasoning. So in that sense, we would say, of course, full doesn't equal empty, it's impossible. So we would say that's a contradiction, that's a, uh, you know, that's a false statement. And so, you know, things like Albert Einstein, uh, that he created um, the special and general theory of relativity. Mm -hmm. Now, for the longest time, we hadn't proved it, but we, over time, since Einstein died, we were able to prove certain things. Uh, we've proven part of it, but we haven't proven the whole thing. And so that's why it's still considered a theory, but physicists treat it as a fact, um, though we still haven't proven everything. Okay, now when you say prove, mm -hmm. are you saying that it has been replicated in, a, in an empirical way, or are you saying that it's proved with mathematical formulas, or are you saying both of those? So Einstein proved it through mathematics. He, he created and designed the, the, the calculus, the differential equations of everything. Now we know differential equations has already been proven to be true through mathematical proofs. 
But um, a bunch of scientists, and I want to say it was the 50s or 60s, around that time, they, you know, Einstein said time is not constant, time is relative. So they got two atomic clocks, mm -hmm. two very atomic clocks um, that were exactly the same. And they put one on a plane and they kept one on the ground and the plane flew around the entire world. And Einstein said, if we go faster in our reference frame in that plane, our time is different than the person outside that plane. And so when they measured it, the clocks were, were different times. And so that proved- Just slightly, but just still slightly, different. Just right. slightly, yeah. So that proved that Einstein was correct in that, in that part of his um, theory, uh -huh. but we haven't proven everything yet. And so that's when we say we've proven it because we have to prove something um, experimentally. We have to actually show that something something is there. Mm -hmm. In mathematics, it's quite different. We actually just have to show a math proof. Okay. So that is that's the difference between your theory and then your applied and okay. proven. All right, so let's we, we're going to come back in just a minute. But you mentioned time. You mentioned the clocks. Mm -hmm. Let's jump into the laws of physics mm -hmm. and let's let's jump and have a little bit of fun with um, what we like to talk about around here from time to time, and that is time travel. Time travel! So when you read the book of Revelation, the Bible says that John was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. And it's very obvious that in some way, shape, or form, the Lord Jesus took John forward in time and allowed him to see certain things, certain events. We know that God stands outside of time. In fact, even eternity is to some degree a matrix or a a measurement that that is something that is quantifiable because God stands outside even of eternity. He does not even inhabit eternity. He's outside of that. So I guess the $64,000 question that that we all want to know is a is it is is it uh in physics is it possible to time travel either in old school physics or in theoretical we know that people talked about that. That's got to be one of the golden, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the, the golden means there. Is time travel yeah. possible? So time travel, yes and no. Yes, in terms of going forward in time, but not backwards. And Einstein talked about this in special relativity. He, he uh, used a thought experiment. And when he said time's not constant at different speeds, um, we, he said, okay, if I were to give you a pair of twins, newborns and put one twin on a spaceship and the other one stays on earth and that twin traveled 20 light years away at the speed of light stayed on that planet gathered all the stuff he was told to gather and came back 20 light years the baby that was on that uh, spaceship would be 40 years old because his reference frame was uh, in his reference frame, which is the spaceship, his time was running a lot slower while the person outside that reference frame time was moving faster. So his twin would already be dead by the time he returned to Earth. He would be 40, the twin would be dead. So that is where we say time travel is possible. Okay. And so it's interesting in the Bible that God always shows them the future. They never go to the past, they always go to the future. And so scientists always say, you know, in theory, in theory yes, yes, um, it can be done, but we have no probable way uh, to get to the speed of light. Mm -hmm. We have no engineering um, technology that has been able to allow a human to go that fast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
Is it possible? I say no, mm -hmm. but some scientists would, would defer. And so it's really an engineering problem at that point. So at the speed of light, does time stand still, still in their theory? Is that what happens at the speed of light? Time slows down okay. because it's relative. So if I'm on that spaceship, my time is running a lot slower than your time. So in that twin situation, that twin to him has only 40 years has passed. Uh -huh. But on Earth, time has been going so much faster that his brother would already be dead. Okay, so this is one of those things where I think it's very interesting, the connection with the Bible. Because he's talking about a, relative, uh, a relativity in connection with light and time. Well, well, how interesting is it when you read in Second Peter where the Bible says one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. And the Bible says that God is light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. There is an interesting relativity in that statement. One day is a thousand years, a thousand years is one day. And I find that fascinating, that connection with Christ, with the Lord and, and light. And you said, and I think that this is true, I'd have to double check, but I'm almost 100% true. You don't see the Bible mentioning going back in time, but you do see the Bible very often talking about a vision or an experience going, mm -hmm. going forward in time. Mm -hmm. And that would seem to imply that there is an ability to manipulate the superstructure in which light and time and, and our frame of reference is operating. Yes. So that leads us now down the road of really into what you would say quantum physics. Is that is that right? Yeah, so quantum physics, so quantum mechanics is the proper term. Quantum mechanics is, is your mechanics. That's your mathematical framework. That is how physicists were able to come up with the hydrogen atom, the structure of the hydrogen atom. Um, particle physics is where we say, you know, we have protons, neutrons, electrons, neutrinos, and so, it's all built around the standard model. The standard model was, you know, first was being created in the early 1960s. I want to say it was the 60s era. And so every day, uh, it seemed like every day, scientists was coming up with a new particle. And so we've been able to prove it and come up with that structure. And so, you know, in the standard model, you have your baryons and then you have your leptons. Basically, that's saying you have your protons neutrons and electrons and neutrinos and so each one interacts with a different uh, particle a smaller particle those are your bosons those are your force carrying particles those particles um, will carry the electro electromagnetic weak force the strong nuclear force the weak nuclear force and gravitation and so each particle interacts with a different one. Mm -hmm. And then you have the creme de la creme, the Higgs, which everyone loves to talk about because it was nicknamed the God particle. And it's attributed to be the particle that gives all other bigger particles mass. Okay, we're gonna come back to that one in a minute. All right, so, so what you're talking about now, you're talking about quantum mechanics, mm -hmm but they were discovering these particles. Mm -hmm. I interrupted you, but you've got all these major ones mm -hmm. and that is plugged into the quantum mechanics, the quantum side, how? What, what makes yeah. that quantum? So and, and, and let me ask you this, and, and here's what I'm trying to get at. What makes that different mm -hmm. than say, you know, normal physicists mm -hmm. you know, 200 years ago? What is it about quantum that is so special now? So quantum mechanics, it, it behaves differently than uh, classical mechanics. Classical mechanics really began with Newton when he created calculus um, and it contributed and so um, 
in the late 1800s with Maxwell. Maxwell was experimenting with electricity and magnetism. Mm -hmm. And so as physicists started going into, you know, E&M, electricity and magnetism, they started going deeper and deeper into um, uh, quantum physics. And so that was sort of the, the, the major stepping stone in, in physics history in terms of um, quantum mechanics. And it behaves differently because we, we you know, classical mechanics takes into account things like um, you know a car uh -huh. you know how fast a car how, how slow do I need to how, how hard do I need to press my brake uh, to stop and slow my acceleration and stuff like that and that's more of your um, you know you know artillery stuff you know uh, all that uh, so quantum mechanics behaves very differently so the laws of classical mechanics don't usually apply to quantum mechanics so okay. that was the main difference okay so here's here the laws of quantum mechanics mm -hmm don't act the same way as the laws of, of classical. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the universe as we know it in the main mm -hmm. runs off of the classical. Mm -hmm. And so is that part of where when people look at the, the quantum mm -hmm. mechanics, the quantum fit, they, they, I hear in a lot of readings and journals mm -hmm. that, that they'll say it, and I know that they're being coy, but they'll say in a sense it shouldn't operate this way, mm -hmm. but it does, and mm -hmm. we're trying to figure out mm -hmm. why yeah. it does that way. And when they talk about quantum mechanics, many times in the journal writings, it's almost as if, and, and I'm, I'm not pressing this too far, but it's almost as if they talk about it having an independent personality. Mm -hmm. Why does it, and they'll use words like, why does it behave this mm -hmm. way? Mm -hmm. Why is it acting this way yeah. and so that really brushes us up against a little bit against that spirit world what is it that's and I'm leading you here a little bit I guess but what is it that's that when you look at it that's mm, spooky yeah that's unusual about mm -hmm. the quantum side of physics yeah. well first I would have to say that the universe as a whole in terms of physics there's multiple ideas and they each do behave differently you have your classical you have a relativity and then you have a quantum so you have all these ideas going around what spooks me about quantum mechanics is that you know to me and, and it's so confusing and sometimes i just don't get it um you know the higgs boson for example it's a massless spin zero particle well, how how can it be there if it, it doesn't have mass? So that, okay, that's explain that, develop that. In other words, for for those of us that are mm -hmm. non-technical, mm -hmm. why would you say that it shouldn't be there if it doesn't have mass? Yeah. Explain the fact of having to have mm -hmm. mass to be there, mm -hmm. and then I think you're going to see the connection between the spirit world. But but develop that a little bit yeah. for me. So we are made of matter. We're, we you can we can weigh you. We can you have mass and the gravity is even at our most you. base level, mm -hmm. right down to the very yeah. molecular structure. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so when we are discovering these particles, you know we've discovered these at um, the Large Hadron Collider. Uh, we are uh, colliding these particles together, and that's how we're detecting it. And so they're detecting. I, I want to say the the electric charge of these particles, but then how do we know that it's really really there? But, you know, that's how they. That's you know it's just it doesn't make it doesn't make sense it's hard for me to even understand and explain yeah. because it's they're saying it's there they say they've measured it and detected it back in between I want to say 2011 2013 area um, that's when they said they discovered it and mm -hmm. you're like how can it be massless and we know that its behavior has been zero but it's there what does spin zero mean so in quantum mechanics we we've developed 
pretty much how these these particles behave. And so each particle just has a spin, and that's its behavior. Okay. Um, some some particles um, will have a spin of one half. Some will have a, a particle uh, or a spin of three over two, and so that's just that's just the behavior of mm -hmm. it. That, that's what I say. Um, so. It's saying it's a spin zero, which means it's not spinning. It's just there. It's just there. Okay, so so here's the question that we're here's where we're diving. This is where I find very interesting. Um, so what you're saying is is that they're in essence saying, and I'm putting it in layman's terms here, but in essence what they're saying is we are seeing something there, mm -hmm. but it has no mass. In other words, it has no footprint in our mm -hmm. physical reality, mm -hmm. but yet we know that it's there. It's a massless mass yeah, in a yeah, sense. Yeah. And so that almost reminds us, and we were talking about this the other night over coffee when mm -hmm. we were having supper. Remember the story of when Elisha and his servant Gehazi, Gehazi woke up, he saw the enemy, he saw the Syrians on the hillside. And then Elisha prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes. And then with the eyes being opened, Gehazi was able to see the spiritual armies. That sounds like to me, spiritual armies sound like to me, the Higgs boson. In other words, it's a mass, it's there, mm -hmm. it has bearing, but, mm -hmm. but yet it's not there. There's no mass to it. You can't, by, by definition, spirit is incorporeal. Mm -hmm. And so we were talking about this the other night. It, when you read these journal reports, mm -hmm. at the very cutting edge of science, it sure sounds like to me that science is becoming more and more mm -hmm. spiritual yeah. in its definitions yeah. because they're looking at stuff that says, we know it's there, mm -hmm. but we can't yeah. see it per se. Mm -hmm. And the Apostle Paul says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. Is that making yeah. sense? Are we connecting yeah. that? Yeah, and, and that really leads into another topic uh, of dark matter. So cosmologists... Okay, so, so, the, so the God particle is different than dark matter. Yes. Okay, let's stay on the God particle for okay. one second. Why is it called the God particle? So pretty much, and, and you know, this is really going into, you know, really deep stuff um, that I, you know, still have a hard time understanding but it, it contribute and it's the reason why larger particles have mass it's the reason why we have matter pretty much because it's a it's a boson it's a force carrying particle and so there's interactions with other particles that allow those particles to interact with other particles to have the, this matter okay. so like i said um you know your protons and neutrons interact with gauge bosons and each you know each interaction deals with you know like i said the electric weak force the strong nuclear force your uh gravi gravitational force so you have all these different forces and so another topic within uh, particle physics is trying to come up with a connection of all these forces um, and that's called the grand unifying theory and Stephen Hawking was working towards that he wanted to uh, create a theory that could explain the whole universe mm. and he couldn't and so that's what physicists are, physicists are trying to do uh, they're trying to explain the universe around them and they're trying to make these connections with we have particle physics and even all the way up to cosmological things they're trying to make these connections um and so pretty much and that's just a big big tangent but yeah. pretty much uh the the god the god particle is just it's just a nickname term because it's the reason why we have mass it's the reason why yeah. things are here, here or it's the most base mm -hmm. level of why we're yes. here the god particle dark matter the grand theory of everything 
These are what we're talking about and we have been talking about. And on our next episode, we're going to continue with Andrew. I'm enjoying our discussions. We're going to come back and talk more about this. If you like the show, if you like the Soul Trap, make sure to like and subscribe and share the YouTube videos. You can go to thesoultrap.com and check out many of our articles and news articles there. And we are so honored to have you here. We're going to come back with another show very, very soon and cover more of this material. And we're looking forward to it. Until then, may the Lord richly bless you on your journey of faith. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Science! Science! Science!